we are good to go, rolling. Guys, okay, so I'll just repeat that first. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so with, with in terms of the video you put out, you know, the whole industry changing, and like I was saying, it's like we've been feeling that same thing as well, especially in this year yeah. with the COVID thing and all of that. So what do you think? Do you think it's a just a COVID thing specifically or that whole change of the industry? Man, I think it... I, I'm hopeful and optimistic that it is exclusively because of COVID. Um, that's my hope. That's for sure. I'm not convinced that's the case. Um, and in that video I posted, that there was one particular argument a lot of people said, and it's really a, a little more related to politics in that um, there's a pendulum concept, especially in, well, any place with a two-party system, that culture and society sort of swing to one side and then give it a decade and they tend to swing back. And you can see that in elections, you know, the parties bounce back and forth. But on a social level, the, the reason I don't know if we're going to swing back the other way is because... I mean, the internet has been around for, what, like 25 years-ish? You know, it's, it's extremely new. And so if you survey, like, American history and you see this, this cultural swing happening, that makes sense. That's part of the balance of a two-party system. But the internet doesn't give a shit about that. So we have to balance out, you know, or, or rather just keep in mind this idea that um, we're in totally untested waters here. We have never seen what happens yeah. when you release these algorithms, uh, which are designed purely to make money for big tech and, and just kind of see what happens for 20 years. We're finding out what happens and the idea that it will just fix itself or make its own correction. Um, I don't know that there's a lot of evidence to say that's what's going to happen. So um, I hope there is a cultural swing in the other direction where people begin to reject um, Purely entertainment content, and I don't mean to knock entertaining content. People have been seeking entertainment for, you know, hundreds, millions of years, you know. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I think, I think it, would be, it would be bold of anybody to say that they know exactly what's going to happen here. Um, I certainly don't. To, to be fair, right, it's, 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 people have wanted, like you said, right, people have wanted entertainment for like a long time you know like you, you get like the luke hollins and the matt mcguires and even before them they were the pioneers for like entertaining drum covers for example on youtube like that's sure. been something that's been around for a very long time um at what point did you actually specifically feel that it started affecting let's say your your teaching aspect of things because you're saying it, it feels like people are kind of like shying away from just the the, the straight up pure lessons and wanting the more entertainment like we, we were discussing and we're trying to see whether it's because of COVID or not, but did you only start noticing it now or has it, have you felt it before COVID even? I definitely noticed it before. I would say the earliest, the earliest I had like an inkling that something was happening was probably late last year um, in 2019. And I suppose I always knew that entertaining content seems to perform better because you can look at, um, I mean, Dude, drum covers have always been the highest performing category of drum videos on the internet. Um, I, I don't never expected education to eclipse that by any means. I always considered education to be a little bit lower than than entertainment in general. So, and maybe that has always been the case that entertainment has always been number one. Um, and categories like education or informative videos have always been just below that. Um, that that may have always been true, 
but there wasn't a separation. You know, the, the ratio w made a little bit more sense in the past, um, and now it doesn't make sense at all. It's it so heavily favors um, entertainment. So I saw that shift happening, man, probably two or three years ago, I, I would notice those kind of things. Um, the first guy that woke me up to it was, was really Davey504, who's a huge musician, YouTuber, he's a bass player. Um, yeah. And he... As far as I know, I don't mean to, to act like I'm some super fan and have watched all his videos, but as far as I know, he entered the online musician sector as an entertainer, and he never really did anything else. And he quickly surpassed education guys that I had been watching for years. Um, and that was several years ago when I saw him sort of climbing the ranks very, very quickly. So, um, I mean, honestly with him as an example, like meme culture, like how old is meme culture? Like maybe five years or so. I think that's when the shift began. Um, when there's a, like the internet has its own inside joke that there is elements of silliness and playfulness and all of those sort of trends, you know, uh, the concept of trolling, like when that idea came around messing with people just cause it's funny. And this group of viewers knows that it's funny in their own little way. Um, the internet did that maybe five or six years ago. And what's weird is the drum industry is very often slow. We're, we're behind a, in a lot of ways. It's a very, a very slow industry. Um, but man, the internet just plowed its way right into the drum industry. And by the internet, I mean those, those cultural shifts in content styles, you know? Um, it didn't take long, not at all. I think if you were in fitness, you saw all of this five years ago, it happened immediately. But again, fitness is a multi-billion dollar sector. It's very different than drums, which are, we're normally pretty isolated, but not so much anymore. That all makes sense. In terms of, within that same line, have you spoken to, like we wondered that as well, we like, watched your video and immediately we're like, hmm, that kind of summed up to what we've been thinking, as I said earlier. Sure. But has there been any other musicians that you've kind of put this out there to and asked like, how's, how's it going with them or specifically the online guys? You know, that'll be interesting to know how many guys are feeling the impact. Well, it's tough to say because, and I don't want to mention any specific names because I don't want to drag people into a conversation they don't want to have necessarily, but there are, there are some guys who have undoubtedly played the game correctly. Um, I don't consider myself one of them. I've done exactly what I've always done. I haven't, haven't really amended my content at all, and that's been to my detriment, which is sort of what that video was about. Um, yeah. But there are guys who have amended their content, and I don't fault them for that at all. They have the views to, <laughs> to, to back it up, you know? Um, but I have also seen those guys slow down very recently too in like the last 60 days or so you know several several larger drum youtube channels who made that entertainment shift a little bit away from education um are, are slowing down and i think they had a lot of these what's the word you know you you stop and you wonder what's going on here i i feel like many other people are in that same position where they they wanted to play the game and they did play the game and the views came with playing that game, but all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, like this is far more difficult to monetize. Um, th that's a big problem I think a lot of people are having. Like, where does this go? You know, I don't know what, yeah. and I don't say this to, to be like crude or offensive to those people, but if you play the role of the town jester, I don't know what that guy's salary is. 
You know, I, I don't I don't know how much people are paying guys like that or if they're offering a product with a high enough value to ask for money. And if online is exclusively where you're operating, you have to make that decision. Nobody can stay at home and make content for free forever. That's just not how it works. Um, and so I, I don't know if the entertainment model is completely sustainable. Um, and I think people are trying to figure that out. And I think that's where this kind of this slow down thing has happened in recent months, um, as I think people are starting to step back and wonder about the same concepts that I made that video about is what is really going on here and where are we going, you know? Exactly. It's crazy, man. And then what I loved specifically about what you said in the video is you see it here as well, like to build your content or to kind of move up. Like we go through those periods, it's a drummer as well, where it's just like soaring, you know, where it's happening. Yeah. The views are rolling, you know, you're in the inverted commas algorithm and you think, yeah, I've made it to the algorithm. But there's also that talk about the algorithm where it's like you have to change up your content. And that's why your video that you made was so relevant to us because we won't, we don't and won't go into doing things that, you know, we don't want to do or sure. kind of goes against what the reason was for creating SA Drum at the end of the day. So what you said there, which I personally respected so much, where you said you're going to hold your ground and just go for it. You sure. Know? And I think that's a huge thing is to just carry on. And I think that's what can sometimes make you feel frustrated because do you go that route? Or, I mean, we've done little tests like that. And it's the same thing you're saying with the entertainment. Yeah. And it's so weird. Like, we'll spend, let's say you spend 10 hours on a piece of content. I mean, even designing the mags, you, know, you spend so much time. But... The next day, you can post a funny drum video that you've literally reposted. <laughs> that's 30 seconds from a guy's iPhone. Yeah. And that thing just hits views. And that's where we were sitting back going like, that is crazy. And then what you mentioned kind of made sense to me of people don't want that complicated thing, you know, with the world being the way it is. So could it be that it's super confusing, you know, like the quantity and the quality thing? Sure. Yeah, I... Well, I think there are certainly a number of people, a good number of people, who have um, decided to go down the educational route in response to the weight of the world, right? When life gets chaotic, people seek stability, and, and for some people, that stability is education. Um, and very selfishly, I, I would say, you know, those people are on a better route, because I think for your own men mental health, for personal growth, um, for... Everything in the, that falls under the blanket of self-improvement, you are better off working on your craft than you are being entertained by that industry, right? I mean, of course you are. Um, that's not to fault people that seek entertainment by any means. It's not like I don't watch Netflix. Like, I, I completely understand that some people's relationship to drums in general is based on entertainment, and that is totally fine. But I do wonder what percentage of those people who have altered their viewing habits and are now seeking entertaining, entertaining content, if they are doing that um, and it's rooted in escapism, right? It, it's rooted in the fact that playing drums is hard and challenging and they are um, avoiding difficult things because that is something I would not recommend to anyone ever, that you avoid hard shit. You lean into hard shit because good things are on the other side of hard work. This is almost universally true. Um, and so I would say the same thing to somebody who was planning on getting in shape during, you know, during lockdowns 
and all of a sudden they're just watching fitness videos now. You, you're missing it. You're missing it, right? If, that's the, if, you, if you said you wanted to get in shape and now you're just watching fitness videos, you have missed something here, right? Um, you would be better off seeking out that, that hard work. Um, and so I, I don't know that this applies to everybody. It, it certainly can't apply to everyone. But I do worry. I'm concerned that there are some people who um, still claim that they want to be professional drummers, that they want to work on their craft and invest in this profession, um, but they might not see the light at the end of the tunnel. I know that's hard to see for a lot of people right now. And so their response to that is to seek um, effectively escapism, which mirrors you know, people that are at home drinking instead of doing other things, or you know what I mean? Like, you gotta be careful with, with that, sort of, that sort of mentality. Um, and so this is where I, where I made that video. It sort of stemmed from this idea in that for the first time in a decade, I'm confused. I don't know what people are thinking and what's going through their mind. And I'm normally kind of good at that, at, at assessing a market and sort of figuring out where, people, where people's interests are going. And every drum company, every cymbal company does this too. They see where the sound trends are going. Uh, it's, it's part of running a business and running a brand. Just knock my phone off the table. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, but yeah, I, I'm confused now. And so, uh, so I wonder, and I do, um, I do fear for some people that they are going down a rabbit hole that doesn't serve them. Not that I'm worried for my business necessarily. I'm worried for other people and their interests, you know? That's 100%, man. Also, do you think it could be, I mean, I'm sure you notice it as well, um, the influx of online lessons with COVID happening. I mean, we know a lot of guys here in SA, for example, it'll be good friends of ours and they would hate teaching, yeah. if that makes sense. They, and vocally, vocally hate yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, says you hate And then next thing you just see, like, and it's almost like a week period where I'm offering drum lessons now or I'm offering online lessons now and it was like one post didn't happen never saw them again you know in terms <laughs> of that as soon as the gig started picking up again it was okay education back again I hate education or teaching so do you think that could have played a role like in terms of possibly diluting the market and maybe drawing people away from it maybe people have bad experiences with all of these mm. fly-by-night teachers and now they're scared of I don't know, taking up the, the, the challenge, like you were saying, with a proper teacher. Sure. Well, there's a lot of different ways you could look at that. I mean, certainly the market has become more saturated in, in every way. And even without COVID happening, there are more people trying to hop into the online education game all the time. Um, and so I, I try to look at that as, you know, the more the merrier, you know, who am I to say that we're better off with only these myself and like five other guys doing it, you know, cause there really were, there's only five or six companies, people that do this full time. Um, yeah. I, I don't think there's any, that's not realistic. You know, other people are going to be interested in this business. And as our business models develop, other people will take influence. And this is part of a free market. This is just what, what happens, right? So I have always expected that there would be a lot of people eventually doing this exact same thing. And even 10 years ago, I felt very lucky to have had the insight to start doing online lessons before there were a hundred people doing it. And now there's thousands, right? Um, I think a lot of people probably realized that, that getting on, getting money off of the internet for online drum education is not easy. It is not as simple as making an Instagram post and saying, I offer Skype lessons now. 
I know yeah. for a fact that that doesn't mean you book a whole Saturday full of Skype lessons. That's not that's not how that yeah. works. Um, and competition is, is somewhat of an element of it. I dislike when people say that it's not. This is an industry with money in it like any other. Arts are certainly competitive, though it's, it's nice to say that it's not, but that's not the whole story either. It certainly is competitive, and, and saturation plays a role there. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I undoubtedly saw a big boost in membership signups back in March, um, but that has certainly stabilized now. And I think what we're dealing with now are, is the economic downturn, right? I think some people, you know, when, when they have to stay home from work right, right away, you still have money in the bank. So the thought of getting a membership to any one of the online education sites or buying drum books, buying drum DVDs, taking a Skype lesson with this pro drummer you've always wanted to study with, everybody pulled the trigger on that back in March. And I think the reason we're seeing things stabilize in the education industry now, um, and perhaps we will see them downturn, is because people are, are rightfully fearful, you know, for, for their financial stability. It's, I, I understand some people haven't worked in six months and their businesses are closed. And um, so I think we're starting to see that now. And that makes it even harder for a new person to jump in. You know, if you're just now entering the education game, like I know myself and many of the other guys that, that are, you know, towards the, the upper end of the online drum education world, even we don't know what's going on. It is very hard to predict who's coming into our online schools. Um, it's, ju it's just different now. So I don't know, to, to guys that are new, it's, it's definitely even harder. Saying that, I think it's definitely going to be a turnaround thing. I mean, we've seen it with, um, we run the in-person drum schools here as well. So we've got the SA Drummer, SA Drum Academy. And that happened a lot, man. Like even some of our students that were very wealthy people. I mean, that, that I think that gave me the knock of when I realized how powerful the COVID thing was. Because it started relatively slow in SA. And then it just started going. And super, super wealthy students. So, you know, people that are doing drums, whether it's a hobby or anything like that, they were actually also cutting down. Mm -hmm. And when that started happening, I was like, man, it is crazy. Like the guy that spends 2,000 rand on a bottle of wine is basically saying, hey, man, I can't spend this bit of money on drum lessons anymore. It was a real eye-opener. But like you see now, I don't know how hectic it still is there in the States, but we kind of getting there mm, slowly, slowly and slowly but surely things are starting to come back to normal. So shows are starting to get booked again because Louis and myself tour and stuff as well. Sure. And students that had to stop are kind of contacting us again saying, you know what, next month mm. I'm employed again or next month the business is looking like it's starting to take shape. So it's crazy. Like you said, it's an unpredictable thing, but... I think it's also just that waiting game. We've got to just see and wait it out and see what happens. Sure. And in reality, this we should be open-minded and remember that this is not necessarily a drum industry thing. It, it is the arts. It's the arts in general. When people are scared, whether whether they are you know scared of the virus itself or if they're scared of um, you know if they're scared of spending money unwisely, whatever the case may right. be. Arts are always the first thing to get cut out. So we can have it, you know, you can blanket this conversation in the drum industry, but it applies to all arts in general. People aren't going to concerts. Yeah. And it's not even just music. It's, it's any live event, any 
air quotes, recreational activity, which let's be honest, for 90 something percent of the drum market, it's, it's recreation. You know, when we talk as professionals, we have to remember we're a very small portion of that market. So it's not recreation for us, but to many people, cutting out the arts in their life is, is that is predictable. That it makes sense. You know, when, when you're scared for real life shit, the arts tend to go. And what's even weirder is like arts come second to even sports. You know, I, I can't tell you how, and you guys have probably experienced this too. How many students have you lost because soccer season started and the kids have to go play a sport, right? Like the arts, yeah, the arts come, the come way down the list a lot of times. And that's just a reality of um, being a music educator. You're, you're not number one in a lot of people's lives. And um, it's tough when drums are so high on our priority list to, to accept the fact that they're not for a lot of people that we depend on for our livelihood. But it's just the reality of this industry. Just, uh, just bouncing back to this kind of thing where we said, obviously now it's a very uncertain thing. You can't predict anything. We, we don't know how this is going to turn out. You kind of have to wait and see and play it by ear. But I mean, I know we've been trying all sorts of like this tactic, that tactic, doing this, doing that to see what can coax people into coming back to lessons or entice new people into starting it. Sure. And then kind of jumping back further to you kind of sticking to your guns. And you even said you've, you've been doing this for, yes, man, many, many years and you've used the same formula from the get-go practically and it's worked for you are you are you planning on on making any sort of a change like not not really changing what you're doing are you willing to to add anything into what you're offering to see if that can entice people are you planning on doing that or are you just gonna ride this thing out and see where it goes um so I have like a hybrid answer to to that question. Uh, as far as edu- as far as educational content, uh, no. I, you know, I have my formulas for different types of lessons that I make, and I really don't have any interest in changing that. I've just invested too much time, and um, the lessons that I make are the lessons I want to make. So, um, making any type of content that I'm that I don't like for some reason has never been an option, and it's still not an option. So. As far as ed- educational content, there will be no changes at all. But you kind of alluded to like adding some other kind of content in. Um, so I'm doing really two things. Um, I'm starting a I'm starting two podcasts simultaneously. Um, I think the long format open discussion like we're having right now is one of the best ways to convey educational information, right? It's one of the best ways to learn is to hear people um, expand their ideas over a longer period of time. And I feel like I've owed the drum industry that for a long time. I've, I've talked about doing a drum podcast for a while. And um, so that'll be the Orlando Drummer podcast. It, it'll be probably not exclusively or inherently that much different than um, than many other drum podcasts. But I'm excited to add that format in because I think there, there is a, a hunger for that. Um, yeah. And I don't say this to insult anybody, but but in a in a world full of like meaningless content, you know, I think people crave substance sometimes. And it's a real it's it's one way to offer substance that I've never really done. So I'm excited to do that. Um, with that said, you know, I'm a I'm a highly opinionated person and it has been frustrating over the years to have to take my um my opinions and viewpoints and even life lessons, things that I've learned, and have to filter them through the drum industry. That, that's very difficult to do sometimes. Uh, so I'm launching a separate podcast, which is in no way related to drums. 
Um, and I think a lot of people will be interested in that because it, they know it's coming from a drummer. It's coming from somebody that they've known for 10 years. Um, so for those who value my opinions or insights, I kind of hope to offer a, um, a second platform where they can actually get that information separate from drums. So I think it makes sense. And as far as changes of what I'm doing, those are the two things that I'm doing. Two brand new podcasts. Incredible. Was, was, did you kind of start all of this along with building the whole new website and everything? Or was, are these separate instances? So, yeah, I did know that the new website, which was perfectly timed back in March, March, April is when that yeah. launched. Um, yeah, the new website and the apps, when all that came out, I knew that the Orlando Drummer podcast was going to happen. Um, but the other one is a bit more recent, a little bit more recent. And it's, it's really because I don't mean to divert away from the drum industry in this conversation necessarily. Um, it's because of the amount of things I want to share that I don't feel comfortable sharing on drum platforms. Because if somebody subscribes to a drum education channel, why on earth would they expect anything else? You know, it only makes sense that they're expecting drum education content. And so as like a branding purist, I really don't want to burden my subscribers and followers on the drum platforms with anything that is not tied into drums. So I think a hard separation was the smartest thing to do there. Awesome. Yeah, that is very cool. And like, like the podcast thing is especially doing well. Yeah. <laughs> and then like with what you're saying, it's awesome. Like we've also gone a similar route, still keeping in the drum industry. But I think what you said there was certain things where, you know, guys don't really talk about. Like in SA especially, you see... Not SA especially, but I mean worldwide, you're seeing a lot of the same stuff. And what we've kind of discovered is no one really talks about, let's say, the music business or the business behind things. Like the conversations that we're having right now, there's not enough discussion about that. So it's so cool, like you're doing that sort of thing as well. Like we've got this whole SA drama hangouts thing, and it's specifically to touch those gray areas. Mm. So it's almost like doing something different in terms of education, but staying your ground, but still teaching people, but still teaching people. Yeah, I, I think especially with this more recent video that I posted, by the way, for anybody that doesn't know, it's called something is happening. That's all it's called. It's on my YouTube channel. Um, you know, that what frustrated me about making that video is that these that topic is not at all exclusive to the drum industry. And I have to kind of pretend that it is when I'm talking to 200,000 drummers you have to, or 10,000, how many viewed it, right? Um, I have to pretend that we're talking about the drum industry in a way, but, but the ideas there expand far, far beyond the drum industry. So it's almost like if I'm going to really follow up on this topic and expand those ideas, we can't have this filter of drums over the whole thing because we're just, we're choosing to talk about a very tiny slice of the whole pie. Um, and so that, that felt frustrating to me. And it was sort of one of the things that solidified that I need to have, um, a, a separate outlet to expand on some ideas that are not at all exclusive to drums. Cause sometimes, you know, and this is no secret. I have to pretend that the only thing I've been thinking about since from this video to this video is drums. Right. And it, you know, I, I did, I, having had some of my fans for 10 years now, there's an element of frustration in that I can't always expand my ideas fully um, because I know that it has to be centered around drums all the time. So um, I'm excited to be able to, to branch away from drums in some capacity, you know, because the teacher in me likes teaching everything. I, I love teaching drums. It's my favorite thing. 
but I could teach all sorts of stuff. Like I will teach anything to a wall, you know? So um, I'm excited to right. um, just open that up a little bit. It'll be a lot of fun. I think that's great, man. Cause yeah. like with the, those SA drummer hangouts we have, it's the same thing. You sometimes go to certain topics where it almost feels weird. Yeah. You know, talking about them, you know, in a drum studio, three drummers together. I mean, we'll go in depth with that stuff when it comes down to, you know, finances. And it's sure. funny, the guest drummers that we have, they'll always put in there and say, but, you know, that's every industry, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And a lot of those talks, it's so strange when we go on this. I don't know if you've seen any of them, but it goes on to a whole different topic. And it's weird how, like you say, some of those topics within you know, drum context when you're sitting in a drum studio with a camera on, talking drum stuff, talking three drummers. It's strange how you almost want to hold back on certain things where, you know, I'll sometimes go on the whole debt, having debt thing. And this is, debt is a cause of people being so impatient and everything that's needed now. And then that comes all the way out from the topic of how some musicians are impatient so it's crazy. I yeah, get you, you that. To, you have to kind of force it into a drum perspective somehow. Otherwise, the drummers don't listen. <laughs> yeah. Cor correct. And and drummers have been so isolated in so many ways. And I'll I'll give you a a thirty thousand foot view example of one way I saw this years and years ago. Um, there were two companies, two symbol companies, and one of them launched what I would call an attack ad on the other. And it wasn't brutal. It wasn't like their symbols suck and they're the worst people in the world. It wasn't like, it wasn't that bad. It was just like a little jab, you know? And the drum industry reacted to that as though the company that made that ad was just evil. How could you say such a thing? I mean, deeply offended, deeply offended. And, I, and then I see commercials on TV for Verizon and Sprint or BMW and Mercedes, and they're literally saying their product sucks. It's the worst product in the world and ours is the best. Leave them and we'll give you money to come to us. And I'm like, this, this isn't a new concept that somebody would like throw a little jab at their competitor, but the drum industry is so isolated for some reason that these marketing concepts that have been around for decades and decades are like deeply offensive to drummers. Um, and I, I don't know what I don't know what that is. I don't know why our industry is is so isolated and so protected um, from how the rest of the world seems to operate. And in some ways, I like it. I like that we aren't mean to each other. How politicians are. I love that that hasn't been normalized yet in the drum community. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's odd. It's very odd. It feels like we're in our own little bubble sometimes. And um, yeah, like you said, like even to divert slightly away from drums into finances, which affects everyone and every professional drummer ever you want to do this for a living you're going to have to talk finances for some reason that feels weird uh, and so i hope to sort of cross that bridge and make it not as weird um i don't really know how to do that yet but um i'll try you know <laughs> amazing man i'm looking forward to that journey myself wow That's yeah man. it'll be cool to watch i think it's a it'll be it's an interesting thing I and mean, even if it goes down to you know with let's say younger drummers, I always hate saying they're younger drummers, but um, it's the same thing with that perspective thing. Like you're saying, you'll speak to a lot of younger drummers and they'll say to you, like we've had this discussion on all the podcast video podcasts we've done on the hangout thing. And we all, it always comes up from any guest drummer we bring in there where they say a new drummer, you know, he's good. He wants to get into the scene. He wants to play drums for a living. 
and then you they'll come to you with advice you know and say how do i get into the industry or the big thing one of the biggest topics here ever is how do i get an endorsement you know like it's crazy it's the most important thing to those people and we're trying to break that you know where you tell the guy listen man it's going to take it took me eight nine ten years before i got my first endorsement and it, it shocks them yeah they kind of like they, they, what? They think you're lying. They think you're keeping secrets. Exactly. Yeah. And then you speak to you know <laughs> you speak to them about their their parents' career. Like how long did it take yeah. your parents to you know become the yeah best doctor in the in the doctor practice in that area? And they're like, oh man, it took my parents ten years. And you're like, so why are you trying to rush this thing, sure. this drum game? Like, so sometimes like your podcast you're gonna doing it's great, man. Because yeah. sometimes you have to go. So let's talk about being a doctor. How long does that take? Yeah. Exactly. And they really yeah. know because it's so normal. Yeah. Well, it's it's no secret that younger drummers have a a conflict with patience. You know, that's a that's a yeah. virtue that takes a while to build for everybody, and you have to, you know, sometimes life has to force patience upon you by allowing time to pass, and then you realize like, oh, I should have been patient. You know, so it, it it's inherently just a thing that people get better at as they get older. I feel like I get more patient in every year. Um, but the thing I like to tell a lot of young drummers in that endorsement category is that from a business perspective, the more you build your brand and your value, the more leverage you have by the time endorsements are, are going to happen. And so, for example, you, could you get an endorsement in your first one or two years of being a content creator or being a professional touring drummer? Yes, you certainly could. But imagine if you played for as a professional for 10 years, and then, then you start to look for endorsements. The leverage that you have in those conversations is completely different. You will get a different deal. You will be treated differently by these companies because you're not the young kid who's knocking and asking for free stuff. You're the guy who everybody's had eyes on for a decade, but for some reason, you didn't entertain those conversations. And when you're finally ready to entertain them, now you have options, right? Exactly. It, it's, it's really, it's in your best interest to wait. And, uh, you know, I really dislike when people say yes to the first endorsement that comes along. Um, I was fortunate enough to have mentors and people that I knew who told me not to do that. Um, and I'm really glad I did because the companies that I'm with now are the ones I've been with pretty much the entire time. I haven't had to make any switches or changes there. And I got good deals because I waited until I had enough leverage where this was smart for everybody. It wasn't some kid knocking on the door asking for stuff. Um, so to anybody listening that's in that position, man, if you're going to play drums until the day you die... It really doesn't matter at what point the endorsement happens. And the later on the timeline you can make it happen, the better deal you're going to get. Exactly. Spot on. And like that that kind of in line with one of the chats we had with another local drummer, he put it into quite a huge context. You're saying it's almost what you're saying. You've got to get the leverage to get that endorsement, you know, in that line of things. But what he said was very interesting. He said he feels that it's almost reversed where guys think that the endorsement's going to give you leverage yeah. or the yeah. endorsement is going to kind of give you a upper hand in the career thing or upper hand in your profile when it's like, no, dude, it's reversed. You've got to get the profile to get the endorsement. So it's crazy how, like you said, it's, it's like completely reversed the whole yeah. mindset behind that sort of thing. It's crazy. Sure. Yeah. And really it's, it's, Endorsements, I wish we could just call them what they are, which is business deals. 
if you don't have anything yeah. to offer, I don't know what you expect them to give you, right? If you're just, you know, it, it's you have to have something on the table to offer a company for them to give you any sort of attention or free gear if that's what you're after, though that's only a small part of what an endorsement relationship is. Um, yep. It's, yeah, it, this is an exchange of services, effectively. Um, and I, yeah, people get it backwards all the time, all the time, where it is, it's a mission to become endorsed. And it's, it's just, it's a really silly goal. As a matter of fact, if you removed that from your list of priorities, by the time you're endorsed, you, you'll be happy that you didn't put any attention on that at all. It's, it's worth the wait. And again, the later on the timeline you make it happen, well, in theory, your brand should be bigger and bigger and bigger. And so you'll get better deals the longer you wait. So the concept of rushing it for any reason is, uh, is really, really silly. There's just no reason to do it. You should do the exact opposite, you know? Exactly. I think it's definitely become a, say a trend, if that makes sense. Cause like, and like you said there, the business deal behind it, I think maybe guys won't be ready, you know? So the guys are rushing for endorsement. Like my, I'm myself, I'm with Yamaha Music South Africa. And the same thing, man, it's, it's hectic sometimes. You've got to send them reports. You've got to let them know, you know, how many products do you think that you've given potential to sell? Sure. And it gets hectic, man. So it's not just that trend thing. And I definitely think when guys get into it too soon, like you say, it's, it's scary because you don't have that experience. You kind of jump into this thing and you realize it's actually like a little separate job on its own, you yeah. know, a little separate part of your career to actually work on and maintain. Sure, sure. I think a good rule to lead people with in this, this conversation too is um, you're better off never asking. If you find yourself knocking on the door of a company, you probably shouldn't be doing that, right? It, it's that's how I that's how I look look at it. it. If these can if these relationships can form organically, that is always the best way for them to happen. And yes, that does come down to who you know. Sometimes your phone number might or your email address might be given to this person, and they'll say, "Hey, I'll pass your name along." But wait for that to happen. If you're trying to force it, you're you're. It's probably not time, you know. So, um, so be supremely patient and allow those things to happen organically. And again, if you find yourself knocking, you're probably not doing it the right way. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy, man. That's some really good advice because it's crazy how yeah. many. It's one of the. I'd say it was one of the biggest topics yeah. here. One of the most asked Weird. questions we get. Yeah, I believe it, man. I believe it. <laughs> cool and pulling back to the whole education thing so in terms of i say excluding the podcast and all that are you just basically just gonna hold your ground do the same content and just keep doing what you're doing in yes. terms of that? trust in your system yep exactly and to be honest and I, I don't say this egotistically but nothing else has ever been an option that's the only thing that has ever you know, been an option. And there were times in the last few years where I tested the waters with entertaining content. And sure enough, it did really, really well. But, you know, that's not fulfilling. It's not really what I wanted to do. You know, I, I was curious if I could make this video or this video. How does this perform? How does this perform? You get a read and go, okay, interesting. That did really well. I don't want to do that though, you know? Um, so as, as much testing as I've done and even kind of figuring out what does perform well and what doesn't, um, I know what I like to make. And so again, nothing else has ever really been an option. Nice. It's so true, man. Like I think when you're doing content or creating content that you don't want to create, it's so obvious. And I think yeah. that's just what a lot of guys miss is 
it's just so obvious, man. Like we've tried certain things and we've stopped. We've like tested the waters and then I'll come to Louis. Like sometimes he gets so frustrated with me because I'm just like, dude, that is not the thing. Yeah. Like <laughs> we're not good at that. It's not feeling right. It's not yeah. feeling good. Like sure. The magazine thing, we love doing it. We love creating it. And that's why it just comes out natural, you know? Sure, sure. So it's so awesome. I mean, if you watch your content as well, it's supernatural. Yeah. And then you'll watch another online education platform where it's just, it's good stuff. Hmm. Yeah. It, but it's just not. Sure. It's not, it's not that thing coming through, you know? Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you a great example of why you don't want to, you know, start making content styles that, that, aren't really your style. Um, I made a video two years ago called 10 Levels of Drumming, and it was a video game theme where every four bars of music, you go up another level until you get to level 10, right? And so it was, and even the music was kind of video gamey, and it was an entertaining video. Um, I saw people make that in the bass industry and the guitar industry, but no one had done it for drums. And I was like, huh, I think this is like a quick million views that I could grab really quickly. And sure enough, it, it, the video's got like two and a half million views now. But sure. the, there was a residual effect to that. And that was that people, I didn't know this was gonna happen, but people took it seriously. They thought that I was actually saying that level seven was rudiments. And I'm like, are you, <laughs> I couldn't believe that people thought this was a real list of skill levels. And it bothered me more than it made me happy. Like I would have given those two and a half million views back if I could actually have a chance to tell people what the real progressive stages of becoming a drummer are. And I felt the educator in me hated it because I felt like I had misinformed people. Some people felt like I was lying. Uh, other people thought that I was making a ridiculous claim that there are actually 10 levels to drums. And the, the negativity that that brought you know, to me, just internally, um, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth doing it at all. And so each time I go into these entertainment categories, I all the educator in me just goes nuts because it's not a, this isn't what I want to tell the world at all. Like I'm glad you're entertained, but holy shit, we got to talk about stuff because this is not. It wasn't serious. It wasn't real. You know. So um, yeah, it's one of those reasons why you really shouldn't go too far in these directions you're not comfortable going. Every time I've done it, it's come back to get me, and I have to feel, I feel like I have to correct that content in some way and go back to something I actually want to do. Exactly. I think it lasts only, like exactly you're saying, it's a certain little period where that lasts. And I think you see that again in all music. I mean, yeah. you get some guys where they just don't write the music that they actually truly believe in and they actually want to perform. Mm -hmm. And generally, you find those are the artists that don't really stick around when you look at artists that have been around for 30 40 years i mean they lived exactly what they sang you know and that's yeah. i think it's a big reason why i mean 10 years for you being around is long man like no. that is a long time and yeah it's definitely because it's real stuff you know you're not just doing stuff to you know put food on the table or pay your bills and i've got huge respect for that man yeah, if it was to put food on the table, I would be making totally different videos. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> now, I'm fortunate that I can put food on the table, um, you know, but uh, yeah, if it was purely a cash grab, there are way better ways to do this. Exactly. That's so crazy. I love that, man. So moving on from that, like what is your plans in terms of everything? So almost ending up with this one, I mean, we'd like to maybe have a more in-depth interview with you, but... um. Just moving forward, where do you see yourself going? 
where do you see the plans going? What's your whole vibe moving forward in yeah. terms of everything? Obviously, including like the podcast yes. and the lessons and everything. What, sure. what long-term goals? Sure, sure. So I have always perceived um, OrlandoDrummer.com, my website, which is an online drum school, um, and corresponding apps and everything as well. But it's, it's just a, it's an education platform. It's a school. I have always perceived that as my route uh, to retirement. And there's no rush to do that. But as a musician, thinking about how do you ever exit this industry, you have to think about that because there are (laughs) – my job doesn't come with insurance. It doesn't come with a 401K. There is no retirement plan, right? Um, So I've always looked at that library of content as – uh, as an investment, that collection of videos is an investment. And so, um, I have no problem telling people that I, I, I fully plan for that to be, uh, something that will sustain me for the rest of my life. And I'm, you know, incredibly grateful for the members that have been there for a very long time. They are always my priority, um, at least for many, many years into the future. Um, because that, that is my livelihood. I make very little money off of YouTube. I make $0 off of Instagram. You know, um, it, it's really my only route to, to monetization. So that has always been my priority and will be for, for the foreseeable future. Um, second to that, um, you know, I, I think the Orlando Drummer podcast will be a lot of fun, but it's, it's not going to add a value that is tremendously different from the content that I already make. It's just a longer format of a lot of the same things. Um, and then I suppose in a, in somewhat of a selfish way, you know, I'm looking at my second podcast, uh, which is called All In with Adam, launches in December. I'm looking at that as a second business. And I have only ever started one business, and that was Orlando Drummer. So I take starting a second business very seriously. And I have, um, I have no idea what to expect, just like I did when I started Orlando Drummer. I didn't really know what to expect. Um, but I know what I can do over 10 years. And so, um, so yeah, in that category, I'm very, very hopeful that I can make something happen there. And of course, eventually it will be monetized. Um, so that's exciting too, to think I might be five or 10 years away from doubling my salary. Who wouldn't be excited about that? Um, Hell but, yeah. But, but yeah, just really what I'm most excited about is that the educator in me gets to gets to explore other topics. I'm really, really excited about that because I have made a lot of drum videos. And I don't say this selfishly, but I'm in the top five of of human beings who have made drum videos in the world as far as the amount of drum content I've made. Um, So it's not to say that I'm I'm disenchanted with making drum lessons by any means. Uh, I still love making drum lessons. Um, but man, to make something else, to take my videography skills or speaking skills and apply them to another category is very, very exciting. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to explore that as a second business and really see what I can do with that as well. Amazing, man. And then a real hard question. Sure. Where do you think you will be at if the second venture, let's say that explodes, takes Hmm. 90 to 95% of your time, would you be in the position to go full-time into that thing and kind of soften down what you're doing currently? Or are you always going to try and maintain that balance? I think it depends on how rewarding the second venture is, 
right? Who, you know, who, who's yeah. to, who's to say, right? How rewarding that actually is. I have a good gauge for how rewarding it is to be a drum teacher. Um, yeah, I know what that feels like. And I could certainly envision myself doing that in, into my forties, let's say. Um, I don't think anybody is going to be doing this for 20, 30 years necessarily. Um, that's a long time to be making drum lessons. Um, I think at, at, and I say this at worst, and I mean that for like the, the drummers watching this who love my content, I think at worst, Orlando Drummer would become the part-time job, though I have no reason to say that that is what's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, this is my livelihood. The other podcast has made zero dollars to date because it's not even live yet. So, you know, it's almost a decision I, I can't really make at the moment, Um I know that this studio, the kit behind me, the cameras that are staged over there, none of this stuff is going anywhere. Um, so, I, yeah, yeah, I can say confidently, <laughs> drums aren't going anywhere um, anytime soon, that's for sure. But I'd also be lying if I said I wasn't hopeful that my second business wouldn't be just as successful, if not more, than this one. Why, you know, why would I want anything less than that? So, uh, so it's a difficult answer. It's a difficult answer to give you now. Um, I hope it all works out. I hope it all works out. If, if any, to be honest with you, here's a better answer. I wish I had 48 hours in a day. That's what I wish. I wish I could do it all, but, uh, I can't, I'm going to die one day like everybody else. So uh, I hope to strike, strike a good balance here in the future. That's refreshing to you, man. Yeah. You get a lot of musicians where it's almost like it's a sin, you know, You, you do something else or if they do something else, that's not, just entirely musical drumming that they, they feel that they're not a full-time musician or drummer anymore yeah. because they've got income elsewhere so i don't know maybe that's just here specifically but that's a massive thing here is guys will live it's weird man they'll, they'll battle so badly yeah because they just want to like hold on to that title of professional professional drummer, drummer. sure so <laughs> i asked that question because it's quite cool it's crazy how some guys they'll starve man to keep that title you know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. It's good to know. It's, it's, yeah i understand yeah i mean i understand it's it's many people's identities um but at the same time it, you you know a drummer i hope i hope for every drummer in the world even the most passionate ones i hope this is just a part of you you know, you are more than these wooden circles, right? I hope that holds true to everybody. Um, that doesn't mean drums can't be number one. It can totally be number one. Um, but people are nuanced, yes. you know, that there are, there is life outside of this instrument and that's okay. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And it doesn't threaten your identity as a drummer. You can still call yourself that, that title professional drummer. Uh, if you're making money with drums, congrats, you're a pro drummer. Um, and everything else is, is up to you. It's up to you. I love that, man. I love that. So, like, last one ending off. Is any, this might be even more tough now during these times, but is there any advice that you would give to, let's say, the younger up and coming guys that, because I'm sure there's guys that are going to full on pursue the online lesson thing still or the drum cover thing still, and just music and drumming as a career full time. What the kind? What is the kind of advice you'd give to those guys if they had to ask you, like, Hey, Adam, how do I do this? How do I either get online or how do I build a career as a professional drummer? Sure. Well, the, the specific tactics that you're going to use are, they're good. You know, I can't, I can't give you those. I can't tell you exactly what camera settings to do and where to put your camera and what song you should cover and what lessons should be. I can't tell you all of that stuff that, you know, there's a lot of hard work there and you got to go through that, that hard work. 
Um, I can tell you though that taking influence from not the drum industry has been one of the best things I've ever done for myself. Um, and, and back to what we talked about earlier, this being such an isolated industry. If you're wondering how to be a professional drummer, how to make professional drum content online, and the only place you look for influence of how to do that is the drum industry, you are missing the rest of the world. Um, yeah. you know, it's such a small little pocket, the drum industry, that I think you're doing yourself a disservice if it's the only place you look for ideas, for insights, uh, for influence as to how this can be done. Um, so I would say find other sectors, other industries, other influencers, other people who inspire you in some way and see if you can bring that into your career as a drummer. Uh, because our industry is just so, so isolated uh, that, again, you're doing yourself a disservice by not looking outside of this industry. It's something I've tried to do for a very, very long time, and it's, it's helped me um, be creative and innovate my content in ways that I never would have done if I was only looking at drummers. So a, a good exercise for this is next time you want to play drums and you want to get inspired to do so, don't watch a drum video. Watch a professional wakeboarder. Watch a bowling tournament. Watch a um, watch Kobe. Watch Google. Watch fighting MMA highlights. Go somewhere else to see people who are amazing at what they do, and find something that you can draw inspiration from there, and bring that yeah. to the kit. That is what's going to help amazing. you stand out in a very small industry. So that would be my advice. That is powerful, man. That's yeah. so amazing. It's my favorite answer to that yeah. to that kind of question ever. <laughs> and we've That's we've powerful. had one person who's given us similar answer but not to to that extent uh, yeah that was that was awesome i love it man makes so much sense like yeah you remind me now i watch like i'm not into like ufc at all but lately i've been watching them and i get so amped up where it's like i think it's like you said it's a thing of the you know when you watch someone win yeah, yeah. like regardless of whatever industry like, the other day because my wife boxes and i don't know why i've been watching ufc and i'm, I'm like so entertained by it now but it's a thing of when you see you know that level or you see the success and you see the thing of the the celebration behind it it amps you up man you like in your industry i want to be that guy you know it's so true it's awesome yeah with ufc specifically i've been a a lifelong fan i used to watch the vhs tapes in when i was like four or five years old in the early 90s um and uh yeah man they're and it's not just fighting specifically though we should mention that it's called martial arts for a reason it's an art, right? So undoubtedly there's influence there. But there's also, you know, on that idea of like winners, there are common threads between champions in every sport. Um, watching somebody that is the best of the best or just extremely high level at what they do, man, figuring out how to take that influence and bring it to your own world is so vital. It's so vital. Um, I don't know why the drum industry sucks at doing that. I really, do, I really don't understand why we're in this bubble. Um, but you know, and, and if, if you don't want to go outside of music, maybe like fighting and basketball aren't your thing or whatever. Um, you know, even watching other instruments is huge too. You know, watch a guitar player, yeah. and, you know, like, like get outside of your little bubble just a little bit and see if you can pull something from another instrument. Um, that's also really healthy. That's amazing, man. Awesome. That is so good, man. We're going to wrap up there. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. I really appreciate it, man. This was awesome.